Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Well, I am so excited for this episode today. Y'all, I have my friend Monique Scripp on the podcast. Monique is a wife and mom to three, and she is a business coach, and I have just learned that she is also in the Memphis area. We just learned that about each other a few months ago, and so uh, I want to welcome her to the podcast. So welcome, Monique. Hello, Ren. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is the highlight of my day, getting to be on your podcast. This is so fun. This is the best uh, of being able to connect and connect on social media like Instagram, but then also connect on the podcast. So yes. I'm really excited to hear your story today. Yes. All right. So I know that you have three boys and they are in your story, in your God story, how God just formed your family together. And so I want to know a little bit about what your day-to-day life looks like as a mom to three boys, because I know boys, I have one, but I know boys are totally different than raising girls because of their energy and of their physicality. So tell (laughs) us about your day-to-day life. Day-to-day life, well, everything in our house is broken because we have three boys. (laughs) Our day-to-day life is busy, but it is so fun. I think you might relate to this with having a boy is they're just so fun. Like they're funny. They are in a happy mood. And so I think that they bring joy. That's probably the biggest thing that comes to mind as far as like day-to-day life. It's chaotic, but it is very joyful. Yeah, that's great. Well, and they're so like, I've read a book about like at the stage where my son is at, it's there, it's the love stage, the lover stage where they're super loving. And um, I just, I'm like, I like this stage a lot. Like, let's stay here. Yes. <laughs> let's stay, so. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, okay. So tell us a little bit. I know your boys have been part of your family for the past six years. And so you said that on a podcast episode, you are a podcaster. And so everybody go check out the Fierce Identity podcast because she's amazing. She just finished an episode about rest and um, she's very vulnerable in that, sharing about what rest looks like as a an entrepreneur and as a business coach, which is, and, and you know, along with being a, a wife and mom to three. So tell us what has been your experience being a foster family, but then also how that led to adoption for you. Yes. Yeah. So we will be six years will be in October and we went from zero kids to three. So we did not have any children before. So our life changed drastically before, you know, when it's just the two of you, you can be very self-centered because it's just the two of you. And then when you have three children, you realize like it very quickly becomes about them. And so I think I just um, jumped into motherhood with both feet and just went all in and kind of for this period of time, really wasn't focused on myself because it was all about the kids, making sure they were taken care of, making sure they were 
you know, I wanted them to be involved with everything. So I was a yes, mom, you know, like you want to play this sport? Yes. You want to play this instrument? Yes. And so you can really quickly fill your day and fill your evenings up with activities. And so we did that for several years and I, I feel like I managed that pretty well, but in 2020, it might've been part of with being home with the pandemic and having three kids home for a period of time that I recognized, and this is what I talked about in the last Fierce Identity um, podcast episode, was I had just gotten to a point where I was like, okay, all of these things are good, but we need to make sure, or I need to make sure, speaking of myself as a mom, I need to make sure that I am taking care of myself because you can't pour into your children and you can't pour into the things that God's called you to if your life is busy and there's no margin and there's no time for connection because you're just running from one thing to the next. So it's busy, but we are in a season right now in 2021 where I'm really shifting things and adjusting to focus on connection. So when you were talking about your son being eight and being in that loving season. So I had walked through that where the kids were so loving and so sweet and hugging and kissing and all of the, all of that. And we are moving into the teenage years. Mm. So I'll just give you a little <laughs> preview, Ren. Um, they are still sweet. They are still sweet, but I've noticed that that connection, that there's the real um, strong desire for just conversation and for me to be listening as a mom. Like I can tell they're asked, are you listening to me, mom? I'm telling you this. And so I wasn't creating enough margin for those types of things. So that's really where in this upcoming year, I'm trying to be more attentive and really trying to create space and create time to be more present. Well, and I'll link that episode in my show notes because it was just so good, just so vulnerable of you to say, look, this is, you know, I want to do this better. And I know for my kids benefit, it it will be better and it'll be great. And so I love that you were looking at, you know, you had just read the book by Lisa Turker's Your Best Yes. And I think that is probably started you on your journey to do this in this next year. Yes. Yes. And, you know, like truthfully, I kind of pride myself on doing that well. I felt like I did do a good job of balancing. But then when I actually looked at my calendar, I was like, nope, I'm, I'm not doing as good of a job as I think that I'm doing on balancing. And so really um, reevaluating. And I think that's the thing as women, we've got to constantly be um, aware, like having self-awareness of, okay, the things that we think that we're doing well, continually learning and continually growing and evolving. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to six years ago when your boys entered your home. Tell me their ages and then maybe what led y'all to start to foster and then eventually to adopt. Yes. Okay. So they were seven, eight, and 10 when they came into our home. So we actually, so my husband and I both grew up in homes where there was adoption. So I have two siblings, I have two brothers who were adopted and he had a brother and sister who were adopted. And so when we first started dating, I think it was even our first date, I had said, you know, eventually I'd like to adopt. And he had said the same thing. Like we were both on the same page from day one. So I think that's pretty unique kind of in our story. And we were just very career focused early on. And then when it came time to, you know, where we felt like maybe it was just social pressure. I don't know. We were kind of in a place in our marriage. We were like, well, I guess it's time to think about kids. 
So we started the process to adopt a baby. That was the original intent. We had said we were going to adopt an infant. And so we were on a waiting list for an agency here in Memphis. And we really were not in any rush. Like we had started our home study, but we were kind of dragging our feet and hadn't finished it. And so um, in the meantime, I had followed different pages and groups and things of foster just things about foster care and adoption. And so I had followed this group on Facebook called Project Zero, and it is out of Arkansas. And basically it is highlighting kids who are in the foster care system, who their parents' rights have already been terminated and they are available for adoption. So on this site, they are constantly posting and sharing photos of a lot of it is sibling groups. And so, you know, it's, I hate saying this, but it's, um, I guess the best way to describe it is the kids that they share on there are those who are typically the hardest to adopt. So sibling groups, older kids, um, kids who may have, you know, additional needs, things like that. And so I had seen this sibling group of three boys. I had seen them on there probably like three or four months before this. And I just thought, oh, these are the cutest kids. Somebody has got to adopt these kids. Look how cute they are. I kept saying that. I had saved their photo and I was literally showing this to friends like, hey, somebody's got to adopt these boys. Like they are adorable. You know, they need a family. And um, so that was, I think that was in the fall of 2014. Yes, fall of 2014. Um, then 2015 comes along and I think it was March, March of 15, I was just scrolling on social media and I see their photo again. And I was like, oh my goodness, these kids are still on this site. Like somebody has to talk. And I was laying in bed and I showed my husband the photo. I said, these three boys are still on this page. And he said, you know, I bet every person who looks at a child who needs a home or looks at, you know, somebody who's in a situation where they need help. You know, it's very easy to think, well, someone else can do this, or somebody else will step in and do this. And he's like, you know, we're already preparing and planning to bring in a baby. What would keep us from adopting three boys? Like, why couldn't we do this, you know? And so I thought, well... I guess we could. And it's funny because I laugh about this now because I'm like, his world has not changed a whole lot. And it's like, you know, rocked my world. No, I'm kidding. Um, But anyway, so long story short, we, you know, it, it was just a crazy, and I could tell you, I mean, I won't get into it, but I could tell you like probably 10 things that happened within that week that just confirmed we needed to step forward, like crazy stuff. And one of them, for example, was, Um, So we started that next day, I think, or two days later, we put in our home study to finish basically becoming foster parents so that we could adopt these three boys. And during that week, I found out that some friends from college were adopting um, two girls who were the sisters of those three boys. Full, Full, same mom, same dad, full sibling sisters. So we ended up adopting the boys. They have the girls. So they live um, a couple hours away, but we try to keep them connected and all that. But just so many things that have happened throughout that journey that it was so um, affirming that that is what we needed to do. Hmm. That's amazing. And, and 
tell me, where did you, looking back at that, because they were seven and eight and 10 when you, when they came in your home, did you ever doubt that that was what, once you decided, did you ever have any doubt that that was what you were supposed to do? You know, I, I started to question at some point in that week, I was like, okay, this could be real. And if this, if this happens, like, I really need to think through, you know, I don't want to make a hasty decision. Um, especially because Matt travels with his job and I was just seeing that, you know, okay, these kids are going to very quickly be teenagers and just kind of processing through. I think there was a little bit of doubt there, but for the most part, I knew, I knew for sure that I wanted to adopt. I knew that was going to be part of our life plan. I just literally, since I was a child and kind of with, you know, had and adopted my brother and I are the same age had an adopted sibling. I just knew that would be part of how our family was made up. And so um, I did not doubt that because I think I saw it done well and I did not doubt that. Um, But of course, like during the process, and I think anybody who's a foster parent or an adoptive parent, they can tell you. And there's a lot of times throughout that process, as far as paperwork goes and home studies and, you know, waiting on things. There are a lot of things that are very, um, challenging throughout that process. So anyone who's gone through that process will tell you there are times where you think like, is this worth it? Um, For example, we had had to end up doing our home study two times um, because of a situation with it being in a different state. And so there were things like that. But as far as the adoption, I think I knew that adoption would be part of our plan. Mm. So tell us, what was the first week like of going from no kids to three? It was like we had always been. Oh, wow. It's just crazy. It is crazy, Ren. Like, it, it's like as if we had always been. The very first day that we met them, um, we had, they had a day for foster kids. It was just like a fun event in Little Rock. And so we went and it was just like we had always been family. I, I don't know how to, I mean, it's really only a God thing. Even just like the way the boys look, like they look like they can be our children. Mm-hmm. And just so many things um, about, you know, they, I just feel like it's, it's always been. So wow. it was, it was fun. And they're fun kids, even now, like they are so sweet. They're so kind. They are really, really good kids. And of course we have our days. That's any parent, you know, you have your days, but our house is very fun. Hmm. Well, and I love that. I kind of did a deep dive on some things that your nickname is Mama Mo. So tell me, did they name you that or was that something from earlier? Oh, that comes with my business coaching. And so I think that's just my, you know, my mama mo. So I do business leadership coaching. And so I'm training people all the time on business. And so sometimes when I have to get very stern, I just, the mama mo comes out where she gives, you know, some life lessons and some tough love and things like that. But, you know, Ren, um, you don't know this about me, but when I was in college, I did a I did a morning show. So I was Mo in the morning, Mo in the morning. <laughs> and so I kind of pulled a little bit from that. Okay. I love that. Well, and have your kids ever seen you be Mama Mo? Oh, for sure. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you balance? You know, I, I mean, do you ever say, well, you know, they're adopted. So I want to go a little easier on them. Do you ever feel that way? I mean, that's like an honest question. 
You know, I don't. I'm a very strict mom, and my kids will tell you that. I'm very strict. I have very high expectations. We're I'm pretty, you know, black and white when it comes to obedience and respect, and there's rules, and they know that there are rules, and they know that there are consequences. Um, and so I don't feel like I struggle with that aspect. I think the part that I struggle with with them being adopted is I want to give them experiences. Like I want them to experience it. Like what I was saying earlier about you saying yes to being able to play sports and be able to do this and, be, you know, all of those things. I think I want, I want them like all the things that they haven't like traveling. We travel, you know, we go to a lot of places as a family and things that I know they would have never been able to experience. Those are the things that I sometimes go, even after Christmas, I told my husband, I said, I think we did too much. You know, you just, you want to, you want to give and to do. So I spoil them from that perspective, but, you know, just through the lens of my faith and really my relationship with the Lord, I think that's how God works though, is I think sometimes he says, yes, like the things that we want to, and the desires that, you know, if your kids want to go to Disney world or want to go to the beach or want to, you know, and if you can, you say yes, out of the, the fact that you can. And so that's really, you know, where my heart is with that. Mm, that's neat. Well, and I was going to ask you, my next question was, um, what did God teach you during that time of just going from no kids to three kids all of a sudden, but knowing that you were called to do it? What did God teach you during that time, you and your husband? Ooh, that's a great question. What did God teach me during this? I think patience. There was a lot of needing to be patient. Um Anytime you become a, a mom or a parent, I think you start to look at your child, like obedience, for example. If I ask my child to do something and they don't understand why, but I just want them to obey, you know, as an adult, you can see the big picture and go, okay, I'm asking you to do this because I know this is going to help you or this is going to prevent something else from happening or things like that. And so, um, as you know, the other side of it, I think that it has helped me to kind of look at my relationship with the Lord in a way where I'm like, okay, even if I don't understand, I know that I need to obey because there's a reason for it or because I know that my life will be better by saying yes to obedience first. Mm, that's good. I was reading a quote yesterday because of just some things that had happened in a friend's life, just grief and and another, um, just a quote about trusting the Lord and that it was, you know, the verse from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understand, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And that's what I thought of, of a quote about trusting God and that it's, it's really about that. And like you said, our obedience. Yeah, that's good. Did any scripture stand out to you during that time where you just went to the word and were like, yes, that that is what I'm clinging to? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, one of the things that I that comes to mind a lot, and I talk about this in my business coaching, is Romans 12, where it talks about the renewing of your mind. And Ren, you and I may have even talked about that. I know you've gone through my program. Mm -hmm. um, and renewing your mind. Because if you think about like for my kids, 
there was a lot of undoing that we had to walk through. A lot of mindset beliefs, a lot of habits, a lot of um, just communication and things like that, that they had learned one way of doing things. And now they were learning a different way or being in our home, they were learning a different way of doing something. And so whenever someone renews their minds, like in that verse, it says, you are changed by the renewing of your mind. It doesn't say that you are renewed. It says renewing, meaning it's a process and a process takes patience and a process takes mm -hmm. practice. And it's like continually speaking truth versus a lie or continually um, putting new thought pa patterns instead of old thought patterns. So that's what I do with people in business, but also with our family, there was a lot of that. And even for me as a mom, like my own patterns that maybe I thought a certain way, you know, before, but if I'm trying to think a different way, just renewing that mind. Yeah, that's good. And I, I want to do camp there for a minute for business coaching because you did and you were uh, an excellent, are an excellent coach. And I love how you kind of go back to, you know, what's going on inside of, of who you're coaching, you know, because you're not going to do anything in business or, or your life if you really kind of get a hold on what are you thinking? What are, what is your mindset about things? And if you're thinking a lie, then that lie is going to go with you. And so I love that scripture that you mentioned about renewing your mind. Yes. Yes. So the foundation, so in my business coaching, the foundation of what I teach, I have um, a system called the legacy ladder. So step one is your mindset and your vision, meaning where are you? Like, what do you believe? What is your mindset currently? And then your vision being, where are you going? And I think if you don't have those things down, even as a mom, like as a mom, if I'm struggling with mindset of my own self-worth or my own doubts or my own stuff, maybe my own childhood stuff, that's going to bleed into how I raise my children and how I parent my, my children. And if I don't have a vision of where I'm going and the direction I'm taking my family, then I'm not going to lead as well as if I had those foundational things down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. So good. Okay, so while we are on this talking about your business coaching for a second before we um, finish talking about your story about adoption and and all the great things uh, that have happened through that. So tell me if there is someone listening that is a mom, but she has kind of a side gig on, you know, on the side that she's doing, maybe she's a crafter, maybe she does like coaching and maybe she has things that she sells. What would you tell to her if she only had like 30 minutes a day and she could dedicate only 30 minutes or an hour a day to, to her job, uh, to her side gig? What would you say to her as a business coach? Okay, Ryan, you're gonna get me fired up now. <laughs> I know, I'm excited. I was like, I just want to put that in there. I cannot not ask you that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I get excited when I start talking business. Okay. So <laughs> if she only had 30 minutes, she needs to focus on what's called IPAs. So IPAs, what that stands for is income producing activities. So if you only have little pockets of time, and this is where a lot of women are, is someone might say, okay, I've got 30 minutes. Well, maybe I should just post on social media. Maybe I should, um, you know, update my graphic. Maybe I should, you know, change my website, whatever it is. Those are not, those are good things, but they're not necessarily IPAs, income producing activities. And that's kind of how I start my work day is getting those things done first, because everything else is just gravy. But there are certain things in your business 
like for example, reaching out to people. So if you are an entrepreneur and you have to pitch yourself to people, then that's an, that's an IPA. That's an income producing activity where that's going to be the thing that drives income or setting up consultation calls. If someone's on a consultation call, and you know, Hey, this could convert to a sale. Then those are the things that that's where I would start. That's good. I wrote that down. And I think that's really good for somebody that can't maybe give, you know, more than an hour a day or 30 minutes a day. What could she do? And I love that IPA. That's easy to remember too. It's good. Yes. Okay. So what would you, I'm going to ask you this question. Then we're going to get to eat, read, love. Our time is like totally going fast, of course, but I want to ask you this. What would you say to a mom that is, you know, feeling called by God to adopt, or maybe she's feeling called to foster? What would you say to her would be a good thing uh, to do? Yeah. So if someone is called to adopt or they feel that pull, like there's something in them that's like, oh, I feel this tug. You know, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking about doing it. I would say really pray about it. But also everybody is called to come alongside in some way. And some of the biggest blessings that we've had, because, and, you know, I'll just be transparent, Ren. Sometimes I struggle to share about our adoption because I, I really, really do not want it to be received as we have I'm putting quotes here. We have done something or we have saved our kids or anything like that. Cause I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all, but sometimes I feel like, um, I struggle to share because people can receive, uh, there's a fear of it being received that way. So going back to your question about, um, you know, what if someone feels that is I think that we're all called to do something. And some of the best help that we've gotten are the people who just said, hey, you know, can we come over and watch your kids while you and your husband go on a date night? Or, hey, can we come bring you guys a meal? Like in those early days who brought a meal or who, you know, plans like um, a play, you know, play date or things like that where people came alongside and they were part of our village. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they themselves are adopting, but they're coming and being supportive of people who have and they're walking that journey with you. So I think everyone's called to do that. Everyone's called to walk the journey. And some of us are called to adopt. And if you have it in your heart and you have room, and that's kind of where my husband was. He was like, hey, we can sell our house and get another home. And we can, you know, do this. And we can, you know, we can make this happen. And if you can make that happen and you have the tug in your heart, then I think that's something to really strongly consider. One of the things about the foster care system is the foster care system is not supposed to take care of children who need a home. The church is supposed to take care of children who need a home. It was never the job of the government to, or never supposed to be the job of the government to do that. Like we as a church are supposed to reach out and, and help and serve and be of service. And so anytime we see a need, I think that's definitely something worth just really praying about and saying, you know, am I called to do this? Mm, that's good. I think that's so important too. And and if we're not, we're all called to serve, but um, even if we're not going to be led to that God specifically leads us to adoption, we can come alongside 
the people that are or in foster care. And especially I like how you mentioned about, you know, caring for their kids, babysitting, you know, especially when it's a new thing. And I think that's really important and that it is our responsibility to come alongside. Definitely. I like that. That's great. That's some good advice right there. Yeah. Good. Okay. So here's my fun eat, read, love segment that I asked all my guests and I can't wait to hear what you say, but um, what are you eating, reading and loving? Okay. Eating, reading, loving. Okay. So eating, I have to tell you, I just got an air fryer. If you follow me on social media, I've been sharing about this because I'm (laughs) obsessed and I'm like, how did I not have this before? So I've been experimenting all these different things in the air fryer. So my favorite thing that I've started to make is I take um, garbanzo beans Okay. And roast them in the air fryer. Okay. Sounds funny, but I add seasonings and um, roast it in the air fryer until they're crunchy. So it's kind of like a combination of like a um, nut or a popcorn type of snack. Snack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's healthy. And it's healthy. That's the thing. I was looking for like a healthier snack. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me try it. I had had a recipe for some garbanzo beans. Okay. They're delicious. Okay. I just got an instant pot. And so I know an air fryer is different, but um, those two things I've been hearing a lot about. Yes. You'll have to tell me, are you liking the instant pot? Yes, I am. It, it will cook the vegetables very, t- like super tender. We had roast in it the other day and I was like a roast in less than an hour. Like it was delicious. All so. right. Well, that might be my next thing. It's good. It's kind of big, but it's, it's still good. <laughs> it's good stuff. Okay. What are you loving these days? What am I loving? I am loving my self-care time. So I know you listened to episode 19, but I talked about that and just I've rearranged some things for 2021. And we're right now, as we're recording this, we're three weeks into the year and I can tell a world of a difference, just really taking time to not be overloaded. Mm, That's important because you work from home and your family's at home. So, I mean, you know, when they get out of school, so, I mean, you've got to to balance that. And I, I, yeah, I think that is a, a hot subject right now of how we can as moms to do that, to integrate rest, but also serve our family well too. It's that balance. Yes. And I want to clarify by self-care. I don't mean like manicures, massages. That's not what I mean. I mean like stopping and having margin Mm -hmm. in your day, stopping and, you know, reading, you know, things where you just take time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting a new goal of doing five minutes of quiet every day. And it's hard. It's hard. I'm like, how can I not be quiet for five minutes? But it is. <laughs> I'm like, I have to like hold myself down because yeah. I want to get up and do stuff. But um, I think that's important. I think that's really good for our kids to see too. And it's not all about the technology and all the things. So this was amazing. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Monique. This was so fun. You are an amazing business coach and I've learned so much from you, but I've really liked hearing uh, and seeing a peek behind your um, life and your adoption story of your boys. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing today. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather. 
So let's stick together. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye friends.